chains are loose, we break through. Hallelujah. Mountains move, chains are loose, we break through. We break through, 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 we Clap your hands and give the Lord praise this morning. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, you want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you shall receive it today. About 15 people that believe that with me. If you need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and you want to receive it, you shall receive it today. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder if somebody would just lift your voice and release your faith and your praise unto God right now. Some of you need to just push past how you feel and give him great praise in this house right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. Hallelujah. Beginning with verse number 7. 
And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. They that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. They behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. There are seven kings, five are fallen and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdoms as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. I'll say that again. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. I want to preach for just a few moments this morning from this simple title, I'm with Him. You got to make up your mind that when the day comes, you're going to be on the right side. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. There's a good presence of the Lord that is here today. And the Spirit of the Lord is going to speak to us this morning. If you desire to hear the word of the Lord, would you put your Bible down, lift your hands in the air, lift your voice to Him together right now, and just lift your voice to Him and let Him know in so many words, Lord, I've got to hear from you today. Lord Jesus, I need to hear a word from you. Lord, I want to hear what you would say to me. I want to hear what you would say to me today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we desire your word. We desire a touch from your Spirit. We're hungry for you this morning. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Isaiah chapter 28 is a very, very important uh, chapter. A couple, a few verses of scripture in here are very, very important. Uh, when it comes to reading the Word of God, it can shed a little light upon uh, much of what is said in the Word of God. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line, 
here a little and there a little. What this is saying, you could interchange the word precept with the word principle. You could read it principle upon principle, principle upon principle, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. When understanding Scripture, trying to get the best understanding that you can of what the Word of God is saying, it's very important to understand that uh, in, in many regards, it's kind of like learning an entirely new language. You cannot form sentences until you first learn the alphabet. Uh, those of you that have taken foreign languages in high school or, or wherever it may be, you understand the importance of staying with the pace of the class because if you miss one or two classes and you don't get caught up even just a little bit can throw the entire class off for you and, and, and you're left wandering and trying to figure out what's going on because you missed just maybe a few minor details in your absence. The same is true in the Word of God. There are principles that are built one upon another. And, and if, if we miss some of the, the very simple things, we can go try to go into the deep things of God. But if we missed simple principles, then we may think we understand what's going on, but in fact we do not. The Bible tells us that it's line upon line. The Word of God, this is how we understand teaching. This is how we understand doctrine. It's here a little and there a little. You, you can't gather everything you need to know about any one given subject in just one verse of Scripture. Now, there are direct commandments from the, the disciples. There are direct commandments from Jesus in the New Testament. But if you want to understand completely and fully what is going on in any one given area, we will find it a little bit here and a little bit there. And there will be pieces of the puzzle that throughout the Word of God, we put them together and come to an understanding and a revelation of what God is saying to us in His Word. Uh, uh, I, I over over the years, you may have seen it too. I, I have definitely seen it many times. Somebody come to me with a question, and they want to answer every question they've got about the Bible in one ten minute conversation, and and every question they have about the things of God and about heaven and hell and eternity and salvation and and holiness and separation and 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 they they didn't have the patience enough to to go on longer than just ten minutes. If you want to know what the Word of God says, if you want to know what the Word of God is teaching and commanding us, stick around a little while. It's going to take a while to understand what the Word of God is saying, but that's the whole point of it to begin with is God went to Calvary in the person of Jesus Christ because He wanted you to stick around for a long time. He didn't want you to just be a flash in the pan and because every question didn't get answered in 10 or 15 minutes, well, I guess I've got something better to do. Everybody under the sound of my voice will say this very thing, I have nothing better to do than to be here. The difference is, is the inflection of the words in that sentence, how you would say it. Some of you are here because you've got nothing better to do. But then there are some of you who are here because you have nothing. I have nothing better to do. That's where God's trying to get you to. He's trying to get you to from the I have nothing better to do to the I have nothing 
but so many people hang out in the well. I'll go to church and I'll, 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 I'll come and I'll hang out because there's nothing else going on on a Sunday morning between 10.30 and 12, and it'll get me from 10.30 to lunch. But he's trying to get you to cross that, 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 that threshold of where there is nothing in your life that is absolutely more important than spending time with him. This was the whole point of, of it from, from the very beginning. He wanted to spend eternity with his creation. He wanted to spend time with those that he created with humankind. But nobody's going to wind up in heaven accidentally. There's not going to be one person that wakes up in heaven that crosses over that is shocked and surprised to be there. Not one person. There are things that are hidden in the word of God and God specifically hid them there. For the express purpose of nobody's going to accidentally get to heaven. No, you're the only folks that are going to wind up on the other side of eternity in heaven with God are the people that took the time to go principle by principle, principle by principle, line by line, line by line, here a little and there a little. They were the people that wanted to seek out the teaching and the doctrine of the Word of God. If it takes me my entire life, it'll take me my entire life. I'm not in this for just a few moments. I'm not in this for one weekend or for a month or six months. But if it takes me my entire life to hear what God is saying to me. I will spend my entire life because I have nothing better to do. Praise God. The Bible tells us here as we read through Revelation of most of what I read to you today didn't make a lick of sense. The book of Revelation. And I've read through the book of Revelation and uh, numerous times. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, lots, a, a lot of what's being said. And because it, it seems to be so far out there, a lot of us good Christians kind of really subconsciously avoid it because it don't make no sense to me anyhow. And I have kind of had, I, I don't know if it's a renewed dedication or just a dedication, like never before I'm to, to dive into the book of Revelation because there's things that God is wanting to show us in this end time. And uh, just because you don't understand something, don't shy away from it. So what we do, we tend to do, we, if, if we don't understand something completely, well, I'll just, I'll just throw that out and I won't worry about that right now because I don't understand it. Yeah, the things of God are so deep and so far beyond our understanding. That, that is actually a good thing because if we understood everything, wouldn't need any faith. Let me just tell you that everything we engage in in the kingdom of God requires a walk of faith. There, it doesn't matter what you're involved in. The, God will never allow us to get to the place where faith is not an essential element in everything we're doing. God's not going to give us every answer about everything all of the time because if we had every answer and we knew everywhere we were walking and we knew what was ahead of us, it wouldn't require faith. And God's going to make sure there's just enough information for me to know that he's leading me, but he doesn't tell me everything because he wants to know that I have faith and not only that I have faith, but I trust where he's taking me. So I want to understand everything all of the time. God will give me the information that I need, but God will lead me and God will guide me. And in Revelation 17, we read of those that will be with Jesus Christ. 
and so much of it, it, it there, there's so much written there, but if you go to the very beginning of the book, in, in chapter 1, there's so much there uh, given to us about the book of Revelation. First of all, the Bible doesn't say it's the revelation of John. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. Uh, and and in, in the fir- very first chapter, in verse number 3, there's a very key uh, uh, verse here that would help you a lot. I didn't give it to him to give up and put up on the screen, but, but hear me. Uh, for those of you that would take the time to read the book of Revelation, and not just to read it through, but to do your very best to understand what the Spirit of God is saying to us even today. The Bible says in verse number 3 is, Blessed is he who readeth this book, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Off the top of my head, I, I believe this is the only time in Scripture where there is a blessing pronounced upon the reader. This is very key, and, and it's interesting because most of us uh, are, are tend to shy away from it instead of studying something that just seems so far out. The book of Revelation, we must have the Spirit of God working within us for un- us to have any understanding of what God is saying for Him to reveal to us. You cannot read it as literature, but there is a special blessing pronounced upon those that will read this book and those that will take heed of the words that are written down in the book of Revelation. God began to uh, reveal things to the writer, to John and he began to show him things. The writer did not understand everything that he was seeing and did not understand everything that he was hearing and he tried his very best to describe what he was seeing. There are places in Revelation and there is prophecy in scripture that I believe is prophetic of the time and of the technology that is uh, that is in the world today. Uh, uh, imagine for a moment, I won't, I'm taking a bit of a rabbit trail here, but we'll come back in just a moment. But uh, some of the prophecies in the New Testament and Revelation uh, seem to what we understand it, living in, in this generation, seem to be some of the technology such as helicopters and airplanes that we see in the great destruction that comes into the earth. Now, somebody that lived 2,000 years ago, how, how do you begin to describe if you possibly saw something that look like an Apache helicopter or, or a jet fighter or something of that? How do you begin to describe these things or, or bombs being dropped out of the air? How do you describe that? Uh, somebody that's never seen or cannot comprehend what they're seeing. Uh, and he does his best to describe what he's seeing. He describes it in terms that he is familiar with and describes things in terms that he has seen and he understands methods of warfare from 2,000 years ago, 1,900 years ago, and, uh, and, and does his best to described to us but there is a flow of the spirit of God and there are things that are revealed to him that God began to open things to his understanding so that he would see what was going to happen in the last days and and as you read through Revelation there are so many things that happen in uh, in order and or, or some of them are out of order seemingly and it's so difficult to really grasp and understand but we see things happening in sevens and, and, and the plagues that are poured out on the earth and the wrath 
wrath of God and the, the wrath of Satan and, and the seven candles and the seven stars and the seven trumpets and, and all of these things that are, that are opened up uh, 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 in, in the last days in a, in a series of events that begin to happen. And as we read it, we try our best to try to, okay, where is this in the timeline? And, and, and there, there are those uh, in the Pentecostal movement now that try their very best to understand where we are in the timeline. But yet the, the most scholarly men uh, that walk among us can't really pinpoint where exactly we are in, in regards to all of the events and give a definitive answer because God gave us just enough information. Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part. God does not give us all of the pieces of the puzzle. Doesn't tell us everything. And he does that on purpose. He does that so that we will continue to believe and have faith in his ultimate plan and to trust him for where we are right now. And if we can't jump that hurdle, then there's nothing that we will receive from the Lord because we will never, ever get past the place of this is a walk of faith. I have a little doctrine here, a little prophecy there, instruction here. Clarity there imparts a little bit here and a little bit there. A few principles here, a few principles there, and this line and that line and this scripture in that book, and I pull it together and I study and I do my very best to understand what the Holy Ghost is saying to us. And if 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 we uh, read in, I want us to read in Second Thessalonians chapter one verses seven through nine. It says, "And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire." Taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power I know it's not a popular message especially today but there is a heaven and there is a hell there is coming a day where God is going to return where Jesus Christ is going to return in all of his glory and there is going to, destruction is going to come. And it's going to come upon those that obey not the gospel. Let me tell you something about the story of Noah. I saw this out in Twitter land the other day. And this kind of sums it up. If, if Noah would have believed the word of God and would have confessed that the flood is coming and would have confessed with his mouth that the ark would save them, he would have drowned. A lot of believing and a lot of confessing today in mainstream Christianity, but there's not a whole, whole lot of obedience to the Word of God. It was Noah's obedience to the commandments of God that kept him from drowning. You can believe till you're blue in the face. You can have mental agreement until you're blue in the face. You can confess a lot of things with your mouth, but until you obey the word of God, you will not be saved. And the Bible tells us that vengeance is going to come upon them that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of 
of the Lord Jesus Christ until I have obeyed the gospel in repentance and water baptism in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost which is the application of the gospel in my life there will come a day the Bible says where he will execute vengeance and judgment upon those that obey not the gospel there's a little bit here a little bit there Matthew gives us a little bit of insight Jesus is teaching Matthew 22 verses 11 and 14 and when the king came in to see the guests he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment he saith unto him friend how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment and he was speechless then said the king to the servants bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called but few are chosen the call is reaching far and wide there are many that hear the call of God and hear his voice and hear him speaking to them and feel the tug of his spirit on their life there are there are many that uh, that that hear his voice and that feel that tug of his spirit but do not yet go from being called to being chosen see the call of God is out for everybody the voice of God is reaching for everyone uh, in one way or another we can fuss in our mind about those that live here or there or whatever but let me tell you the word of God is true many are called but few are chosen there are few that choose to obey the word of God that move from called into chosen and the Bible tells us that if you are called but you are not chosen then just like this individual in scripture that did not have on a wedding garment coming to the wedding feast he was bound hand and foot and he was cast into outer darkness. There has to come the point where you cross over from being called of God into being chosen by him, into being hand-picked and hand-selected by him. And the way that you cross over from being called of God into him choosing you is your obedience to the gospel. There's here a little, there's there a little, there's principle upon principle, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. God's going to make sure that the only ones that spend eternity with him are the ones that wanted to find out every every single thing they could about the Word of God. He's going to make sure that there's enough buried and hidden in the Word of God that it's going to take devotion to find out what it says. You know, I, I've come to realize there's a lot of people that want to go to heaven, but not everybody wants to spend eternity with Jesus. There is a very distinct difference. There's not going to be one person in heaven that just wanted to be in heaven. But everybody that's in heaven is going to be there because they want to see Jesus. There is a dramatic difference in just not wanting to burn for eternity. Oh, I want to live forever. Yeah, I, I wish everybody went to heaven. But the truth of it is, is there is a line drawn in the sand. Hear me, somebody. God is speaking to somebody today of the severity of my decisions, of the severity of my life, of everything that I do. I, I, I want to tell you 
you this morning that there is coming a day where there is a line drawn in the sand and either I am on his side or I am not on his side. There's got, there, there is coming a day where there will be a separation between the sheep and the goats, between the wheat and the tares. There is a separation that is going to happen one day. I cannot avoid it. I cannot get out of it. I cannot bypass it. I cannot talk my way out of it. I cannot excuse my way out of it. Every person that has ever lived and died will stand before God in judgment and give account of their life before God. And I'm going to tell you that it's not everybody goes to heaven, but judgment has has consequences and judgment has eternity on the line. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So here's one more scripture that is brought into our understanding that before I enter into the joy of the Lord, there is, a, there is a word that is going to be uttered to me and in my presence. To all that are there that can hear, they're going to know that I was a faithful servant. I'm not going to get to heaven without faithfulness. It's not, it's not going it, to, it's just not going to happen. If I'm going to enter into heaven and be with God in eternity, I, 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 it's going to be because there was faithfulness in my heart. Not going to be because I just did this, checked my, 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 my list of boxes and, and then went about doing my life because I, I did my good religious duty. That's not going to get me to heaven. If I'm going to enter into him, into, into, into eternity with God, I'm going to have to be faithful in everything that God has given me. That means when I begin to enter into to I then walk in faithfulness. It doesn't become something I do, and I'm not just a weekend warrior doing it on Sunday, but it's a faithful walk. It's something I'm dedicated to. It becomes who I am. It is my very desire of life. It's the fact that I have nothing better in my life to do than to live for God. There is nothing that outweighs Him. There's nothing else that takes priority. There's nothing else that is more important to me than pleasing my Savior, than living for Jesus Christ than doing everything he has called me to do. Faithfulness. But Revelation 17 kind of puts it together. The Bible tells us that many are called, but few are chosen. In that particular scripture, somebody winds up at the marriage feast and doesn't have on the proper attire. The question is asked, how did you... How did you get here? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't have on a wedding garment. Bind him hand and foot. Cast him into outer darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Folks, eternity is so real. Eternity is real. In my obedience to the word of God, how I live my life is on the line. There are going to be people that wind up in heaven that know why they're there, know how they got there, that are not shocked what they see. 
But there are going to be people, unfortunately, that wind up in judgment, that thought they had everything good and taken care of. Because somebody told them it was all, you're, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you did this, you're good. And are going to be shocked that they were lied to. Because they ticked the boxes and they did their religious duty and, 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 and they were sprinkled when they were three months old and so they're, they're good. And, 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 and all these things, that religiosity that is preached in mainstream Christianity today. And they thought they were good and had it all together and didn't have to worry about anything because after all, God, God he wouldn't send anybody to hell. Let me tell you, God is not going to send anybody to hell. Sin is going to send people to hell. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He created hell for the devil and his angels. And sin crept into the world. And sin separates man from God. So if I want to go to heaven, I don't point my finger at Jesus. I point my finger at sin. And I deal with sin in my life. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The enemy is so slick, and he is so sly, and he is such a liar and a deceiver. He will deceive people into pointing their finger at the one that paid the price for them to be set free. And he'll say, Jesus wouldn't send you to hell. Jesus wouldn't do this. You're right. Jesus will not send anybody to hell. It's the sin that's still on your heart that's going to send you to hell. It's the sin that has not been dealt with in the waters of Baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of His Spirit that's going to send you to hell. No, Jesus paid the ultimate price. He paid the ultimate price so you wouldn't have to go to hell. His love is so great and His love was displayed for all of mankind for the express purpose that I could live in a place that is absolutely indescribable in any language known to mankind. And so is hell. There's no way you can describe hell and everlasting destruction with the English language or with any language on this earth that has ever existed. There's no way to describe its torment and its, and its eternal fire and destruction and, and what it will be to, to be there for eternity. But Jesus Christ went to Calvary. He went to the cross. He died. He was buried. And he rose again so I could participate with him in his plan. Not my plan that I think should happen, but his plan. The way he set it up, the way he drew it up, all the instructions put in the manual, the way that he did it. Just the way he told Noah, you're going to build the boat like this, this high, this long, this wide, this many floors, this many doors, this many windows. This is what's going to be inside and outside. Do it like this and you'll be saved. But we live in a generation that wants to water junk down so people don't leave their church. We live in a generation that wants to water it down so we don't offend nobody. And so we can build membership and so the so the tithe can go up and so we can have more little cool stuff. And no, There's got to be a generation that wants to hear the truth of what the Word of God says, no matter who stays or who goes, that wants to hear what thus saith the Lord. Many are called, but few are chosen. We are addicted to looking at numbers, to seeing who is successful or who's not successful, and forgetting the fact that if God only sees eight that are obeying the word of God, he will only save eight. 
Eight people were saved by water in the days of Noah. But when we get to the book of Revelation chapter 17, when we put it together and we, and, and we, 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 we see what the word of God is telling us with, when, when, when destruction comes, Revelation 17, verse number 14. These shall make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with Him are called and chosen. But it doesn't stop there. See, Jesus tells the parable, it says, many are called, but few are chosen. Oh, called and chosen, that's good enough. No, 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 sorry, that's just a little bit. It's called, it's chosen, and then it's faithful. The only people that are going to stand on the side of Jesus Christ when it all comes down to it are those that were not just called and those that didn't just answer the call and become chosen, but those that went beyond the chosen and became faithful. The ones that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. I've come to preach to somebody this morning that it's not just doing a a, a few things in the church and now you're saved or repeating after somebody and now you're good to go to heaven and you can live your life as it pleases your flesh. No, the ones that are going to stand before God are those that are called and chosen and faithful. Those that made up in their mind, I'm going to make it all the way to the end. Those that decide right here here and right now that I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not seeking anything else in this life but I'm not just going to be called but I'm going to be chosen and then I'm going to be faithful. Faithful. There will come a day where man's work shall be tried by fire. Every man's work. And as uncomfortable to our flesh as it is to hear, there's got to be an awakening that happens, especially now. If, 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 if somebody's not waking up during these times right now, I'm not really sure what's going to help you because I, I don't mean to be negative, Ned, but it's going to get worse. The spirits that are in the earth working right now are going to get more aggressive and there's going to be more violence and chaos and there's going to be more things that are against Christ and that are against the word of God. It's, it's, it's not that it was never there. It just wasn't out in the open like it is right now. And, and there, is such, there is such aggressive uh, spiritual activity happening in the world right now. And, and, and we are headed towards a day where it, it's not going to get any better. But you've got to make up your mind right now while it's easy. It's easy right now. Around here the other day on Friday, I believe it Thursday or Friday, something like that, and just Lord, if it if it comes down to where I have to give my life, I've got to make up my mind now. I've got to make up my mind. I don't I don't wait till then. I don't wait till you don't wait till it gets real bad to make up your mind. You've got to make up your mind while it's easy. 
You've got to make up your mind while you have the opportunity. You've got to make up your mind while you have the decision, while it is easy. Because if I don't live for God when it's easy, I'm sure enough not going to live for Him when it's hard. And when I'm when 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 there's a gun pointed in my face, or where there's threats to my family, or there's threats to my business or my job, or there's threats to, to my community, or there's threats to me and 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 those that I love, when when the threats come down, either in physical or or emotional or mental or or financial, however it comes, it's going to come. I can tell you, but you've got to make up your mind now. I, I I've, you've you've heard the call of God. You've got to make up your mind whether or not you're going to be chosen, and then beyond the chosen, you've got to make up your mind whether or not you're going to be faithful. If you can get it in line now, there will come a day where you will stand and you will stand with Him. There'll be everybody else on the other side, but you'll be able to say that I am with Him. I'm on the Lord's side. I'm not against him, but I'm with him because I am called, I am chosen, and I am faithful to him. Would you lift your hands for a moment and just love him right now? Can you lift your voice in his presence? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm in the presence of some people that you are walking towards God. You don't know everything about him. That's just fine. Keep walking in the exact direction you are walking. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. But there do, And there does come a time when you do that, that you move from called to chosen. And then when you are in the position of being chosen and God has touched your life and God is moving in your life and he has filled you with his spirit and you have been regenerated and redeemed, then at that point you You've still got to keep walking forward because then you've got to be faithful. I'm talking to some folks no matter where you are in your walk with God. I'm I'm, I'm encouraging you today that you've got to keep walking in the right direction. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you must be baptized in Jesus' name. But if you are and you have grown cold and you have begun to walk in the wrong direction, you need to turn it around and you need to become faithful all over again. He'll give you a start and a new beginning. He'll let you start all over again because those that are going to be with him are going to be called and chosen and faithful. They're going to be called and chosen and faithful. It will not be any other way. I cannot pick an easier route. I've got to be called. I've got to be chosen and I've got to be faithful. going to stand before him and give account for my life. I've heard somebody say, I'll probably paraphrase it. I am responsible for my spirit. I am responsible for my actions. I am responsible for my reactions. I cannot blame a church, a pastor, a leader, or a saint. I will stand before God for me. I will stand before God for every action I took, for every reaction I had, for every attitude I have. I will stand before God for every decision I make. In that moment, we are going to be so in awe of His glory and His power that if we had thought up an excuse, we'll know standing in his presence, it ain't going to work. 
reason I had for why I did X, Y, Z. When you're standing and looking in the very face of truth, the one that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're going to have all of a sudden have this realization that he would know if I was just making excuses. We're going to have this, this glaring revelation that he's going to know if I'm making something up or I'm trying to cover my tracks. And so we're going to have no other option but to absolutely be as truthful as we have ever been because we know he's, he knows the truth, the end, from the beginning. The Holy Ghost is calling and reaching for some people today. Your journey is not over. God is calling many of you. The Lord has been dealing with, with many of you. And he's, he's pulling you in to his plan and his will. Keep following the will of God. There is a special touch from God that is just in front of you. But those of you that have been chosen, and you, you know what it is to experience his power and his presence. We've got something ahead of us. I've got to remain faithful. If it costs me everything. If it cost me everything, if it costs you everything, count the cost right now. Go down the list of valuable things in your life, whether they be possessions or people, and count the cost right now. Lord, if it costs me that, if it costs me them, if it costs me this. The government revokes tax-exempt status on the church and I lose my house. I've made up my mind now. If the government revokes tax-exempt status and we lose our building, I've made up my mind now. I've made up my mind now. I've already made it up. And people in this, con in this congregation spit in my face. I've made up my mind now. And people in this congregation, when the pressure gets tough, sell the church out. Say they're doing stuff illegal because the Bible does say there will be those that betray in the last day. They will betray one another. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Folks, you may be sitting on the, on, on the chair next to somebody that one day they may turn on you and go to the government and say they're doing some illegal religious stuff. Yeah. 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 In Wuhan right now, it's a $1,500 prize to sell out somebody that's doing illegal religious activity right now. $1,500. You think that's not coming around the world? There might just be some other things that spread from Wuhan. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Whether you like it or not, it's coming. My job right now is to get my babies prepared. I'm not just raising uh, a pew warmers. I'm going to raise, raise soldiers for the cross that have already made their mind up, that have watched their mommy and daddy make their mind up. Oh yeah, you better think about your children and your children's children because if they, if they don't have it built within them, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. It's going to get tough. There's the only ones that are going to stand with him in the end. They're going to be the called and the chosen and the faithful. That's it. That's it. When I put it all together. experience that I'm good to go. Well, well, the Lord will understand.
God's going to get, matter of fact, I had a dream last night about us being in our new first building. Completed. I believe the Lord's going to do it. However, there may come a day where the government says, sorry, your message is offensive. You guys are a bunch of bigots. If you don't think that's coming, is that going to be it? Are you going to be chosen? And is that where it stops? Or are you going to be called and chosen and faithful? Let's stand. I got to make up my mind right now. I got to make up my mind right now. I gotta make up my mind right now. I'm not just gonna hear the call of God and shrug it off and brush it off. Well, wasn't that nice? The Lord loves. It. I'm not gonna just feel some goosebumps and then. I'm not gonna just stop at receiving what He has for me. But I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way. I'm making my mind up now. I'm going all the way. I wonder if somebody would gather with me around this altar this morning. If you're hungry for God, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you want to receive it, you can receive it today in Jesus' name. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, you can have every sin washed away this morning. Brother Steve can get you, get you all uh, taken back to the, to, the, to the dressing room and get you all taken care of. The water's warm. You're good to go. God's moving on some folks this morning. Would you lift your hands this morning and begin to talk to him today? In the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody ought to get real with God this morning. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm not just going to be called. I'm not just going to be chosen. But I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful all the way to the end. If none goes with me, still I will follow. If none goes with me, still I will follow. Hallelujah. If I've got to do it all by myself, I'll do it all by myself. If I've got to do it with no one else with me, I'll do it all by myself. Hallelujah. If it's a lonely journey, I'll do it all by myself. But I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be called and chosen and faithful. Oh, somebody cry out to him this morning. Search your heart today. Course correct this morning. Somebody get, get, get things straightened back out where they need to be, God. I've had a, I've had a bad attitude, but I'm just going to get rid of it. i got to be faithful. I've been struggling with this, but I'm going to overcome it because I can't miss it. I don't care what your struggle is this morning. You've got to straighten the path out and, get, and become faithful again. Hallelujah. reach over, put your hand on the shoulder of somebody next to you right now and begin to pray with them. Connect with somebody. We're going to make it together in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to be called and chosen and faithful in the name of Jesus. I'm going to be called and chosen and faithful.
There's a sweet presence of the Lord here right now. Hallelujah. God is touching people right now this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name. Hallelujah, the Holy Ghost is doing a work right now. Hallelujah, would you lift your voice and love him right now and worship him in this place. There are those seeking for the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, bless the name of Jesus, bless the name of Jesus.
with me right now. If you would lift your hands to the Lord all over the building and lift your voice to Him right now. The Holy Ghost is moving right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost fall in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Open up your mouth and let the Holy Ghost flow out in the name of Jesus. Don't worry about what it sounds like. It's going to be the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh,
Would you lift your hands with me again this morning? Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is calling people. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is tugging at people. Lift your voice to him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, bless the name of Jesus. prayer at 5.30. Focus prayer. And uh, we'll see where the Lord takes us tonight. God bless you this morning.